Perfect. Now I have your numbers. Thanks. Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Yo, guys, welcome back. Today, we have a longtime buddy of mine that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time. We have a uh, very extensive history and a really cool show for you guys today because we're going to talk about a whole bunch of crazy shit that usually I don't talk about because I don't have anyone on that I can kind of talk about this stuff because most of the time, you know, guys are like, I don't know if we should really talk about that. It's a little, it's a little dicey, a little crazy. But um, Alex Leone from The Natural Lifestyles is here to share about, uh, you know, in, in prior episodes, I've called it kind of like uh, boat life or boat game, the playboard parties I used to do, all the crazy like nonsense I did before I was in a monogamous relationship. Uh, so we, we're going to kind of go back into the story archives and talk about that stuff. Alex is the founder of a company called Tilted that you guys may have seen. It's a uh, very kind of prolific on Instagram and they do insane, crazy parties. I like to think of myself as the godfather, unofficial godfather of Tilted. Uh, maybe Alex can make me the official godfather of Tilted by the end of this call. Uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about how he started that and his lifestyle, how he lives the the life that really every guy kind of dreams. And I think most guys are jealous of. So, and, and well, and we're also going to talk about how we both transitioned out of that lifestyle into something different. And, uh, this could be one part, two parts, three parts. We'll see how long it goes. Alex, anyways, welcome. Thank you, Robbie. Hi, nice to be here. Um, yeah, man. Good you, to you have are you. the official, uh, godfather of Tilted. I can already say that. <laughs> um, it's true. And we're going to get into why during this podcast. Yeah. I'm super excited because. Uh, we know each other for many, many years now, and we've always um, came together and then, you know, did our own thing, had crazy stories. And you're right. Like, there's not many people, I think, out there who even understand the type of madness we've been going through. So it's funny to share. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can give some insights into it. Um I've been getting a lot of requests from, from listeners and they're all like, you know, tell, tell stories to, we want to hear more stories about you. And, you know, we like your guests, but we want to hear more stories. So this is perfect because not only do we have you as an awesome guest, but we get to go and talk about some of the shit that apparently the listeners want to hear about. So perfect. let's, uh, let's start with your story first. Like give us, you know, we met in, I think 2017, right? Yeah, Maybe, but correct. you know, what was your background, um, you know, before you became a dating coach, before you kind of worked for the natural lifestyles and, uh, you know, what made you kind of get into this crazy world? Right. So to make it as short as possible, I'm basically, I'm Austrian. So I grew up in Austria. I grew up on the countryside. Uh, so I had no idea about big city life or anything like that. And basically when I was 15, I moved to a boarding school, which was a technical high school, 90% boys, because, you know, you can imagine that the type of girls who go to a technical high school are not really the ones you want to date. So that was the first, that was my teens from 15 to 19. I was in this boarding school from Monday to Friday. When I was home, I didn't really party. I was, you know, building an online shop and learning how to code and stuff like this. So I would say I did miss out on learning social skills and how to date in my teens. And I really wanted to catch up. So I spent a whole year in Nicaragua, which is its own crazy story. But basically there I realized, okay, I should be more social. It's good to be social. Uh, it is definitely beneficial to being able to arrive at a place and make friends quickly and date girls and, you know, have the, the balls to walk up to a girl. Um, because until then, all I did was waiting until somebody gets introduced to me and then trying to flirt with that girl. Um, you know, so it starts with like reading the game. I think many of us started like that. Uh, of but I always felt 
okay, this is fun and all, and this is a fun kind of tricky thing and a fun game, but it's not me. I want to, I want to go deeper and I discovered the natural lifestyles and James, you know, and his methods, which suited me way better. It was kind of cool to see, wow, you can be introverted and you can still get laid basically. Right. You don't have to be this party animal and jump around and be extroverted. Cause yeah, I would say I'm, uh, my core tendency is introvert. So I tried to get in touch with him, uh, failed a couple of times, but finally I convinced him to, to work for him, you know, to do photo shoots for him, to do videos for him. And I did that for a couple of years and really got into it. You know, I moved to Budapest, uh, met the other coaches and they motivated me to overcome my anxiety of talking to strangers because i tried alone i failed i was walking around in vienna for like five six hours up and down the streets couldn't talk to a single single girl what was the day when when you when you contacted james for the first time was it because you know you were you were young and broke you couldn't afford a a workshop so you wanted to trade services sort of thing that's right totally yeah so which is which is what you know I, i think there's a lot of guys out there that maybe could do that, but they don't even try to do that. So I think that kind of speaks to your hustle from the get-go. I tried badly. Like I get, because I'm in a position now where people want to work for me all the time. And I would say one in 20 messages is maybe where I'm like, okay, cool. I'll give you a chance. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's interesting for viewers out there, how I did it, like how I got his attention. Because I didn't just say, hey, I want to work for you. Or, hey, can I work for you? Or, hey, I work for free, you know? I mean, even right. Warren Buffett told his intern one time, like, uh, you wanting to work for free for me, that's still overpaid. You know, uh, <laughs> I never heard that. what I did was like, hey, James, whatever. I Here's your website. Here is what I would change on your website. And here's already a design uh, finished. Use it if you want. And here is what I would do with your videos to get more engagement. Uh, you know, and I have editing skills and here's an example. I re-edited this video, you know, uh, you would whatever, get more traffic that way. So like I called out a problem, I offered the solution and I already finished the solution. That's how I got his attention. So you, you gave a tremendous amount of value, way more yeah. than, Hey, I want to work for you, which is yeah. people think that's valuable, but it's actually more work for that person. Someone says, Hey, I want to work for you. I'm like, thanks. Now I got to figure out what, what the hell yeah. you have to do. Like, fuck yeah, off. I have to onboard you <laughs> and then deal with you. Exactly. So yeah, I, that, that's, that's uh, cool that you mapped that out. So, so now you're, you're, you know, you basically, you got in the door that way. Did you get some free boot camps out of that free coaching in exchange for, for working? You basically yeah. getting paid or how'd that yeah, go Yeah. Free boot camp. I, it just got so much that I had to ask for money eventually. And mm-hmm. I just, consistently over delivered you know uh, yeah. i was juggling another job university but always in uh budapest filming for james going back to uni you know editing in, in the classroom just really showing hey you know I'm, I'm serious and asked for money and yeah traveled to the boot camps edited videos like hundreds of videos which built my own skills and at the same time seduce thousands of girls on the street so that's how i built my skills yeah nice so you started with day game, obviously, which is where yeah. I think a lot of guys start. I mean, I started more with sort of bar game, night game. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more of an extrovert than you, I think. But yeah. I quickly realized that day game was uh, a scarier but more effective method mm-hmm. <laughs> for meeting women. Um, I actually know, did I bar game in Nicaragua still. So I, oh, you, you did? could okay. say I started with, I was also the guy with like a, a deck of cards and peacocking and so i did that for a while as well yeah how'd you end up in nicaragua by the way um why why there yeah it's super weird it's just the weirdest luckiest coincidence of my life basically if you're an austrian after you graduate you either have to do military service for six months or you do a social service which is like helping old people helping the red cross something like that so you can choose and I had a teacher, he worked in Nicaragua after the war for 10 years uh, as a like helping rebuild the country and shit. So he had really good connections there. We had a partner school there. And once per year, one guy can go there to do his social service, not in Austria, but in Nicaragua. And the craziest part is 
you know, usually like 200 people graduate every year. So that's 200 people who could say yes to that option. And I was the only one who said yes. Um, which I'm still thinking like, what is it about me that makes me go, fuck it. I will move to a third world country where I don't speak the language because <laughs> I didn't speak any Spanish where, you know, there's fucking violence on the streets. Uh, but that obviously set me off to a different type of life. Like that was kind of the, the first part of like, I don't want to live a normal life. Right. First sort of crazy thing you did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're, so now you're, 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 you know, kind of getting your reps in doing a lot of day game, doing a bunch of approaches. Uh, are you coaching at that point yet or mainly just building your own skills and, and working for TNL? Yeah. So I started coaching must've been, 2018 or I think you when when we met I think you were maybe coaching like for the first time yeah um, I think that's true in New York right so that was 2017 right right cool so it's almost five years so four and a half years I've been coaching now so yeah I first you know as an assistant coming in on the workshops helping out and then for the last couple of years I don't know I've been running my own boot camps and uh, one-on-one training as well so it's my main main hustle now okay so so yeah let's then talk about when we met in new york city and how that came to be yes do you want to start or what was your impression of us rolling up so the backstory of how we ended up working together in new york was uh i i had known james forever we both spoke i think it was like the 2000 fucking 10 11 or 2012 like world pickup artist convention which i'm embarrassed to even say i spoke at that but at the time they're like that was <laughs> that was a thing <laughs> it was a thing like that's where dating coaches went to speak it was run yeah. by this crazy guy vince kelvin who's like he sounds like the count and anyways there was a bunch of weirdos there speaking um a bunch of and quite a few like guys that i i really looked up to um, like David D'Angelo, who was like the inspiration for the movie Hitch and just a normal like dating coach. And then I met James, who was this like, you know, totally like cool, interesting, more introverted guy from Australia that I had never heard of. But immediately when he spoke, I was like, that's the same sort of vibe. And and mm-hmm. he felt the same way about me. So we both did a couple of podcast swaps back in the day, even before I started this podcast. Um and, uh, you know, we clicked and just kind of stayed in touch for many years. I came to Europe uh, in the summer of 2012 and we met up in Budapest and partied together. And, um, you know, he came out to L.A. a few times. He was running some events there and we partied in L.A. So we just always were like buddies and and also, you know, um, what do you call it? Like people who work together, but don't yeah, work collaborators. Together. Collaborate, yeah, sort of, yeah, exactly. Um, but we never did any like official boot camps together, any anything mm-hmm. like that. We're all just 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 homies, right? And then in 2017, um, Liam contacted me, who was also you know working with you guys, and I'm not sure why exactly. I remember. I think it was we we had this experiment of the natural elite, which That's was right. this which was this experimental workshop where it was four workshops every three months. One, one was about sexuality, which was this seven day BDSM tantra camp. Then one was about spirituality, which was like ayahuasca. And then one was a networking social circle. So that's why we asked for your help. Right. 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 I remember Liam calling me and he's like, Hey, we have to do one of these workshops in this elite program. He's like, I got these awesome, like four or five awesome guys signed up for this program. And we want to do one on social skills and social circle, not social skills. And he's like, you're the best guy I know to teach this. Can you collaborate with us? And um, I was like, yeah, what do you got in mind? He's like, well, we want to come to New York. Do you have a setup there? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's my hub. That's where I was living at the time. I had a pretty sweet uh, penthouse apartment with a rooftop deck right in uh, Chelsea and where Chelsea, the West Village meets the meatpacking district, like right by the Apple store. Um, it was also a property that we we, you know, rented on Airbnb when we weren't living there because I was kind of bi-coastal L.A., New York and then summers in Europe. So we had this amazing spot in New York City. And I'm like, well, let's do the workshop there. 
Um, you know, I was plugged in with the promoter scene. We had model houses in New York and it was just kind of like the perfect opportunity to teach a social, uh, social circle event, which, you know, I, I was sort of teaching those things, um, within my leverage program, but I had never done it in the same way that we did it that week, which was really cool because these were really advanced guys, um, Mm -hmm. who had done like basically, you know, everything there was to do. So Liam was basically, you know, he's like, come in, do a speech, talk about your past and, and then let's, you know, take these guys to nightclubs and bring models around and do house parties and that sort of thing. Um, and we did, you know, that's what we did for a week. I told my long story about, you know, how I went from like a nerd to getting into finding a bisexual girlfriend, having a gazillion threesomes and then getting bored, having the threesomes or not getting bored, but, but having the annoyance of like, we were picking up girls on the street and nightclubs and basically like manually doing it. And then we started using <laughs> online to do it. You know, we built like a Tinder profile yeah. and then we're using funnel. like, Exactly. Then we were using like the lifestyle, uh, the lifestyle community and going on like sex party trips and you name it, whatever. And and so we talked about that. And then I kind of talked about how I transitioned that into to model game and bottle game and all that good stuff. So that's kind of the backstory on that weekend. Um, so what was your experience or what was your sort of yeah, so I was memories of that? I was there and I was still, as you say, right, that was kind of like my first time a little bit helping out with coaching, but my like position in the hierarchy or whatever you would call it was still not, I wasn't like a executive coach. Right. So I was like in the background, listening in, filming a bit. And I mean, my mind was just blown. Like I remember your stories of being in Ukraine, meeting this playboy boss, um, even just swinger parties, you know, I've never been to a swinger club at that time. Um, And in general, just the way you hack life, like, the way you use leverage, as you say, right, um, was mind blowing. Like the, from the Airbnb thing, and then the using those to have model houses, and just it's genius, you know, to to have that setup. Oh my god, do you hear fireworks? The fireworks? It just sounds <laughs> like fireworks. <laughs> really? Not in Ukraine anymore. <laughs> Better with fireworks than rockets, right? Yes. Okay, it must be somebody's birthday. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> so that was genius. And t- to be honest, at that time, I wasn't like, oh my God, I need to do this because it, it seemed so far out of my my reach, which is like, wow, this guy's smart. Cool. G- good for him. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's nice that he has models around him and a seat at every table and stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of that. And it's how I left it until like, what, two months later when you called Two months later. Yeah. So, (laughs) so right at that time, this was October, 2017. um, Six months earlier, I went, I was invited to a birthday party in Ukraine uh, for a guy that was running Playboy Ukraine. And I've told about this story in in other episodes, but just to give a, a quick recap, um, you know, met this guy in Kiev, thought he was like a crazy mastermind when it came to, you know, to his, uh, his dating life. He was basically like the Hugh Hefner of Ukraine. Um, he invited me to his birthday party, which was 120 women, 30 guys. We rented a resort in the, the Carpathian Mountains in Western Ukraine. We, he rented like four train cars. So we took the train from Kiev to the Carpathian Mountains. It was like a 10-hour train ride. People were banging in the, on the train partying on the train he even had a live like ukrainian folk band playing on the train <laughs> and he was like he was like listen the, the folk band's gonna be there but they're not allowed to sleep in our cabins because they're gonna fuck all the girls we so i got them a separate sleeping compartment so we don't have to worry about them i'm like this guy's thinking way outside the box right <laughs> <laughs> so you know we do this crazy insane weekend it was just like nothing i'd really ever experienced because and and I was no slouch at the time. I was. But wait, know, totally why did you pretty... invite you to his birthday party? We met in in Kiev, um, like the summer before in 2016, um, and I had a girlfriend at the time. I brought her over, and we were just basically like chatting in his in his uh, in his apartment. Um, sorry, and I met him one other time. I met him in 2015 at at one of his girls' birthday parties 
Intercontinental Hotel. Um, and I was I was invited by a friend. And, you know, I was just doing the the nice thing of basically like introducing myself to the host. Um, right. And then immediately he starts showing me pictures on his phone of like, oh, chicks. he loves that. You know, he loves that's, that's his thing. So I'm like, I have pictures too. So we start like exchanging photos and like growing out, you know, about that. And, uh, and we just kind of kept in touch. And when I came back the next year, I came back with my girlfriend and he said to me, he's like, dude, I left America because I, you know, I just, didn't like the women there compared to Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm an, a, a Ukrainian American. He was in the army in the U S but you know, so he, he grew up in, in the U S but he's like, I never want to go back. I, I just love the lifestyle here much better, but he's like that the girl you brought is the coolest American girl I've ever met. So you must be doing something right. Um, and then I, I just kind of randomly like he reached out to me before his birthday party in February of 20, 2017. He's like, Hey, um, you know, what are you doing? You want to come to my birthday party? He's like, uh, you know, I had some friends cancel. Mm-hmm. I know I don't know you that well, but like, you know, it, it's going to be a crazy weekend. You should come. And I'm like, fuck it. Why wouldn't I come to something like that? So, yeah. so that's how, that's kind of how that went down. And, you know, so I go to the party, come back. Um, and, you know, I was like, whatever, hopefully he invites me to his birthday party next year. Right. That was that was kind of my mindset. But at the end of that party, I remember telling him, I was like, listen, man, um, we should do more of these parties. I have guys who'd love to come. And he's like, well, that'd be cool because my Ukrainian friends are broke. I end up paying for all of them. And, you know, this like luckily I have the money to do it, but it would be a lot more fun if we could pool our resources and, and do bigger, cooler events. And I was mm-hmm. like, just let me know, man. Like, I, I'm down because I'm already at that time. It. I'm curious, you meeting, you know, you being at a party with 120 Ukrainian women, was that like shocking for you, like the dynamics, or or you were used to that from the club scene in New York? How was that I was for you? used to? Well, I wasn't used to that sort of insano ratio, right? But prior to that, um, I was plugged in with promoters. Basically, that the what I did to get plugged in with those promoters is I had Airbnbs in LA, New York, and Miami. And um, I made a trade with those promoters who needed houses for their models. They were opening model houses and their their business model is bring girls to the nightclub. Nightclub pays you per, exactly. per girl you bring. But it's very hard to wrangle girls and get them to come to a nightclub because they're flaky. So yeah. they were like, let's put them in a model house. They get free rent. But in, in exchange for rent, they have to go out to the nightclub. And we like they couldn't afford housing. They didn't have enough housing. So mm-hmm. they made a deal with me and my business partner and we and gave their dream one- was to make it big in the modeling scene in New York or something like that. Right. That's why they ended up in New York in the first place. That's why the right. girls were there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, th- right. these girls were a lot of them were for, like hometown hotties from the U.S. Um, or European girls or whatever girl like girls from all over the world who managed to get to the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. and who wanted to become models. And, and, you know, that's a really tough deal. Most of those girls you know, they're on short visas. They, you know, they try to make it and the modeling world is so competitive. They really just end up partying (laughs) and missing most of their castings. They're living in this model house. You know, people are giving them all sorts of party favors. Like here's Coke, here's Molly. It's it's just, you know, they, they don't end up focusing on work. You could say they end Mm -hmm. up becoming like total, like raging party girls. Um, But this is what these promoters were you know, they, they were dangling the, yeah, I live in the model house and, you yeah. know, you go to all your castings, blah, blah, blah. But really they were just funneling girls to nightclubs. So we provided um, basically three apartments, one in LA, one in Miami, one in New York for them to use as model houses. And in exchange, we had access to all of their events and they had, you know, they had tables with unlimited alcohol at the best nightclubs four nights a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Based on that deal, I was able to just show up at whatever the hottest nightclub was and roll up to the table. It was usually a, a promoter, a sub promoter and eight to 12 girls. So mm-hmm. that was the ratio, right? Just Insane. stupid ratio. And those, yeah. and it's not like, you know, it, it was weird for me because when I first I'd show up and I'd like try talking to the girls and like flirting with them and they were just like, you know, ice Queens, like big walls up, not interested and then I realized later, I'm like, oh, well, they're actually not like they're kind of being paid to be there in a sense. And yeah. some are having fun, but others who have been like 
doing it for a month or two or like sick of it and bored of it. And then I realized like the girls are cool, but if you just show up at the nightclub and you try to game them, that does not work. Cause you're just like, yeah, they're not other- like, bro, I don't want to, I don't want to have a one night stand. I don't need this now. I exactly. get that energy all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. So what worked is, was not doing that. It was actually just like, you know, meeting them before going to the clubs show, you know, hanging out at the model house, becoming their mm-hmm. friend, not trying to hook up with them, treating them like one of the dudes. And then, over a long period of time, whether not a long period of time, but, you know, maybe a couple nights partying or, you know, a few times hanging out at barbecues or whatever, you, you, you build a friendship. And then eventually, because you don't try to bang them, they want to bang you. And it's the opposite of what every other guy is doing. And yeah, totally. You know, finally you you give them something that nobody else gives them, right. Which is the gift of being ignored a little bit and the gift of fighting for your attention a little bit which exactly. she wants to do. It, it's it's kind of annoying for a girl that every time she meets a guy, like for a hot girl, every time she meets a guy, she already knows whatever I'm going to say, whatever I'm going to do, he still wants to fuck me. Like it's fucking boring, right? He's still going to laugh at all my stupid jokes. I can do whatever yeah. the fuck I want. He's not going to put me in my place. Um, yeah. You know, so they're exactly it. And if the hotter they are, the, the more that's happening. So mm-hmm. It's very counterintuitive, especially for someone like me who had spent, you know, many, many years like learning game theory, learning, approaching, like, here's how you go and like, have a fun, interesting conversation. It was like, none of that worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, like everything I learned, I had to throw it out the window. Like the only thing that matters here is status, not giving a fuck and not being thirsty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I kind of adopted that, I started seeing a lot of results. So I was comfortable in those environments with a lot of women but I was never around like a party with that sort of insane ratio. You know, I was going to parties all the time with like the three to one ratio of, but they were smaller. I was, I was never in an environment like the the party in Ukraine with like 120 girls. That was just wild. Um, And and I think that was overkill because how are you really going to, you know, it was a three day party, but how are you going to probably turns into like four different parties of 30 people? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the good thing was it was all contained in this this small resort. Well, not small resort, you know, there was at least like 40 rooms. But but yeah, exactly. There you know, there's there's like hotel room parties happening, there's the main party and just people are getting dragged in every direction. So, you know, there were so many girls I didn't meet, so many girls I met that I didn't realize that I even remembered that I met later down the years like, yeah, "Aren't you at Vitalis' yeah, birthday?" I was like, what? "I noticed now." So- <laughs> Kind of like the social Cyprus media party. makes it even weirder because now I, I know some girls from social media and I feel like I know them from real life and then the opposite, whereas know some girls in real life and I totally forget about them. Like yeah. Mad now. Yeah. I mean, it's always good when they remember you and you don't remember them. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, so but, anyway, I remember yeah. being in this exact room in Austria, in my hometown um, and getting a call from Liam. So I got a call from Vitaly in, this is probably like January 2nd or 3rd, 2018, like right after New Year's. Um, And Vitaly calls me up and he's like, Robbie, you want to come to the Maldives with 22 Playboy models to shoot the Playboy calendar? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, he's like, okay, well, here's the situation. The guy I usually do it with, who's this, you know, French, crazy, rich, you know, multi, multi-millionaire, billionaire who really yeah. knows. Um, he it's his birthday, but his his like girl is pregnant and the kid's supposed to be due that same week. So he's not going to come. He's paid he's for like, half uh, the boat. I cannot really party with 20 models on a yacht while my girlfriend is giving birth. <laughs> that would be a bit of an <laughs> asshole move. <laughs> he had some decency there. That's good. He did. Well, I think he was really excited to have his first kid as well. So that's but, true. Yeah. So yeah, he, you know, he, he paid for half the boat and Vitaly is like, if you can, if you can round up the, the other half, then, you know, we, we can, we can take a stab at this thing. Um, so I said, well, how the fuck am I going to round up? Like, you know, 50,000 or whatever the fuck it costs. Like, I don't know where I'm going to find that sort of money. Um, but I'll do my best. And mm-hmm. I just started calling the party guys. I knew I, I tried all my like LA party friends, all like the promoter people, but no one was going to like, drop that sort of cash for like kind of a, a random thing. 
Um, even though Bitcoin had just gone crazy and, you know, uh-huh. a bunch of people yeah, had made yeah, it. Yeah, that was a peak. That was the, I yes. remember. It, like yeah. Bitcoin peaked over Thanksgiving. It was kind of starting to drop a little bit. It was still, it was still up there, right? That was yeah. like when it ran Did all the way Did you sell some Bitcoin to go on this party? I, well, I was lucky. I got a great tip um, from my buddy and he was like, this shit's going to hit 20K and then it's going to crash. So I, wow, I sold like, you know, I sold like 80% of my position which was the, you know, in, wow. insanely lucky just by listening to him. Like he, he was I sold like 0% position. of my position back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> at least you spent a lot of it to come to the Maldives, right? So you kind of sold that one. Well, that's the, that's the thing is you called Liam. Liam, I mean, Liam was pretty much in straight away, I assume. So I called Liam and, and I was like, Liam, like, do you want to do this? He's like, yes. And I'm going to fill the boat up for us. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so Liam called all the guys who were at the event in October. Exactly, the elite guys. Because they, exactly. they make good money and they want to get to the next level, right? So and they know me. And, and they already you. know me and they trust yeah. me. So that, that was yeah. my thing is like, once I kind of asked my, my close friends to do it and they were like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It seems like a lot. Like they... I was like, fuck, I'm out of people. So even if Liam yeah. does it, that's still not enough to fill the boat. Right. Yeah. But then Liam then was Liam like, Liam called me. Liam I was here. It. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, same pitch, right? Hey, you remember Robbie? Yeah. You remember he's with Hawk Girls? Yeah. Well, guess what? You can be with him 20 miles in the Maldives. We're Playboy. And I'm like, that's cool, but sounds expensive. He's like, yeah, it's like 20 grand or whatever it was. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's a shit ton of money for like a, how old was I, 25, you know, making normal cash, editing some videos, coaching a bit. Um, and I was like, ah, give me a day. I remember I needed like a, a night to sleep on. And then I was like, I want to meet the people who do this not once in their life, but wh- whose life that is right mm-hmm. like because vitali was coming on that trip and i was like i want to know those people like i want to see the setup i want to understand what they're doing um and i now have a way to learn and what i have to do is take money and i think my net worth aside from bitcoin was like 40 grand back then mm-hmm. and i paid 20 to go on this one week thing which is kind <laughs> of insane like i spent half my money on it but it was like, I saw it not as a holiday. I saw it as a workshop and the workshop was learn how to do this, which turns out later, I, you know, picked it up pretty well. Um, yeah. So, so where we went. <laughs> when, so when he told me, he was like, okay, um, you know, here are the guys coming. It's basically, you know, three of the guys from, from the elite program plus Alex. I was like, that's fucking amazing. Um, I'm I'm shocked James isn't coming. Why isn't James coming? And he's like, "Do you remember why James James came to the next one?" But why he still had a girlfriend then, or he, uh, he okay. just didn't wanna? He knew he knew he would upset his girlfriend way too much. Yeah. So I'm funny. gonna I'm gonna pull up some photos here, um, just so the guys listening can FOMO because they can't see the photos. Okay, so here's some photos. Um, oh, yeah. This one was actually from Cyprus. We'll go back to that one after. But this is from this is from the Maldives. So this is the yacht we rented. Um, It was a 150 foot nine stateroom yacht. Uh, I think it was what four four stories tall. Um, Yeah. Jacuzzi on top. Yeah. Jacuzzi on top. I have more. Fuck. Here's here's the jacuzzi on top. <laughs> You're just chilling with you. That's me. There's a, uh, there's Liam. Over oh, that's there. like a drone shot, right? It must be me yeah. flying the drone or something. Yeah, that's yeah. probably you flying the drone. So um, highly motivated to capture every second of this because <laughs> I didn't know if I will ever do it again. If I can ever afford it again. So this was, you know, th- this is you know another shot we took. This was actually a different trip, but this that's on yeah, that same, same boat. Same idea. Um. And then this is one we took on the beach. You know, we'd rent these private islands for the day. Um, here's another photo of a couple's photo we have on the beach. Um, but I guess I'll just, you know, leave this one up here while we, while we talk about it more. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyways, we 
I, I didn't really know what to expect other than the last party I went to with Vitaly was absolutely insane. Um, and how could this one be bad? Um, and the cool thing was I was, I was kind of getting the opportunity to quarterback and organize the whole thing because Vitaly mm-hmm. was responsible for bringing the girls, you know, the, the girls he cast for the Playboy shoot. And I was responsible for bringing all, all of you guys. So yeah. I was like, all right, how can we make this event like the most, the, the best for everyone? Um, yeah, I remember that. And so we did a call and one of the, I went over a few principles that I had learned in just my experience in, in like being at these sort of parties. And the, the main thing I was pushing was a no jealousy, no competition. The more we share, the more fun we're all going to have. Because if you, if you go to something like this and you start competing with the other guys, it becomes like a dick measuring contest. There's, there's, you know, you, you get, you get that sort of competitive dude energy involved. Yeah, just huge egos like a guy would talk to a chick for five minutes and now thinks she likes him and therefore she can't do anything else anymore for the next seven days right he calls dibs on her and then even though she wants seven minutes because once she said that's nice jim (laughs) and this this is like normal behavior for most guys right they're like oh that girl's my dream girl i call dibs yeah and it doesn't matter that she doesn't want to bang him he called dibs and so i was like we're not doing any of that shit in fact if Mm. you hook up with a girl i'm encouraging you guys to get someone else to hook up with her as fast as possible and here's the thing there's 20 women on this boat and there's only six of us so if we're all like coupled up with a girl it's gonna suck for these girls like they didn't come to like you know to not have fun like you need to you need to share the love and um and then there was some rules on like when you could go into a room if if a guy was having if a guy was banging in the room it was socially it was it was acceptable to go in if you had another girl right? right um and uh you know so that was just encouraging kind of like group sex to happen um you know and people ask like are these girls hookers are there escorts and it's like no they're not they're all they just, just want to have fun they're, and they're, finally they're in an environment where they don't get judged if they are in group dynamics and do bang two guys in a week right like that's pretty yeah. rare for those girls to be in an environment like that i think to be around guys of the, that level of social skills and to be in an environment yeah where there's there's no judgment um, you know, you're on like a floating Island, right? Like there's, there's no one else there. Um, yeah. and one of the great things to give credit to Vitaly was the, the yacht he chose and the, the staff was incredibly mm. respectful and not creepy. Um, yeah. you know, this huge, the, that's such a big deal, right? Right. Cause not, you know, the girls are, the girls are naked. They're, they're lying out. They're like, you know, having sex in the open and the, the staff is bit like they're ghosts. Like you don't even see them. Yeah. Um, and so it, th- that was super important because we did trips later where that became actually a, a big problem where, you know, you got the captain, of the ship trying to get with the girls and, you know, the bartender and this person, that person. So just adds more thirsty guys to the mix. Um, yeah. yeah, we literally now until the trips, we have one chef. His name is Lee. Shout out to Lee. You will never see this. <laughs> and he's so cool. He's chill. He's doing his job. You know, and it's like eight pairs of tits walking past you know even touching him and trying to get some food or whatever and he's just 100 percent professional that we just fly him everywhere like we fly him to greece we fly him to ibiza because we just know you know do you want some fucking 30 year old cool chef with tattoos banging the girls and then the food is delayed by four hours or you want the reliable guy who can get it together it's, it's not easy to find very hard hard to find one of the hardest things to to find actually like in in that because most guys right if they're if, if they show up to their job and instead of you know this was a, a boat that was rented by bill gates at one point and mm. typically by just like very rich individuals and their family and friends but how often are 20 you know ukrainian playboy models going to show up and just be naked and crazy and those yeah. guys have to do their job under that under that like <laughs> <laughs> the, the constant you know, tease. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, the, that week was incredible. I think like by the end of the week, we all, it, it felt like a family. It really yeah. did. 
you know, girls were crying, like leaving the airport. It, it was it was just so cool because everyone like got along, you know, people obviously like we kind of had like our cool little groups. What's yeah, I'll name? get into that story a little bit because it is. Well, so so for the first maybe we should go into a little bit of kind of what went down. So for like the first three yeah. or four days, it was just crazy parties every night. You know, yeah, you do um, you do your side and my side because I wonder how how much it matches your okay first. Okay, so for me it was crazy parties for the first few days. Uh, I mean, it was crazy party the, the whole time. But I remember there was one girl I really liked from the get go, and tried to hook up with her the first night, and she was kind of giving me a little bit of resistance. I'm like, fine. Um, but before that, I think within the first like hour and a half, I hooked up with one of the girls, um, <laughs> and. Uh, and it was just like, what the fuck? This is this is insane. This is crazy. Like, I, I was not expecting the like the energy and the vibe to be that fun. You know, yeah. I thought oh, some of the girls might be standoffish, some might be bitchy because that's what I, you know. Some of them at, at the other party that I went to, they were kind of like that. But but the girls that came on this trip were were very much like fun and interactive and like very kind of eager to get to know us more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also a function of we were in like a group chat before the trip uh, and we were talking to the girls on like, you know, WhatsApp yeah. and Facebook and exchange. And Vitaly hyped us up. Exactly. And so. what I see now in Tilted is just a trip like that where you go to a really nice place with really cool people and it's quite luxurious. Vitaly obviously had the, the ability to not, you know, because if you do a house party, we all notice, you know, our humble beginnings. You're trying to do a house party. You invite, I don't know, all, all, every girl you know or you met on the street or you know from the last party. And you, I don't know, text 50 girls and 20 respond and agree to come. And then 10 show up maybe, right? And then with those trips, it's the opposite. You have like, like I know it now from Tilted, we literally can choose out of hundreds of girls we choose the 20 who come on the trip, which just totally flips the dynamic of, oh, I'm this sexy girl and I'm, you know, here because I'm so hot and I have a good Instagram uh, and I deserve the world versus, oh my God, thanks Vitaly or thanks Alex or thanks Robbie for bringing me, right? And, and giving me this opportunity to meet other cool people. So yeah, that was yeah, a big totally different vibe. Me. A grateful versus entitled vibe. Yeah. And, and yeah, so the, you know, it was, it was for me like the first few days, um, you know, like I said, I was a bit comfortable in that environment anyways. Um, and so what I was really trying to do is kind of be like the, the, the MC or the master of ceremonies, you know, I was encouraging people to party. I was encouraging like, you know, parties during the night, like the DJ kind of setting up and, and the group to kind of be together. I was like, let's play spin the bottle, truth or dare. Let's play these drinking games and party games to get people like hooking up and make this as crazy and fun as we can. Um, and then I think it was like day four, day five. Um, the girl I originally kind of wanted who, who didn't seem as available. Um, now she, she seemed like really interested and I had kind of had my, I had had like a ton of fun and a, you know tons of crazy sexual experiences. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to have like the girlfriend experience for the last mm -hmm. three days of the trip. Right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, Usually people do this over 40 years and we do it over seven days. Like I have my four days of fun. Now I want to get a wife for the last three days. <laughs> I'm ready to settle down on this yacht. Sounds yeah. about the right time. So we, um, you know, we, we kind of, settled down i mean that didn't stop me from hooking up with other girls of course but we were still we were more like a couple um those last few days and had had the gfe the girlfriend experience which was a lot of fun and you kind of did the same thing but with two girls um although yeah. i kind of had like my crew of like you yeah. know you had agata and ria um who are like your little like sex slave like running around in like bunny suits <laughs> i think i have a photo of them somewhere i should pull it up um and then we did that photo shoot, that that video from the last. Uh, funny. Speaking of the devil, look who's calling me right now. That's so. insane. You should blur <laughs> his second name, bro. Yeah, I know. I should. Um, so <laughs> the uh, you know that that was my experience, and yeah, why don't why don't you kind of tell yours now? Yeah, I mean that's you know for you that's uh, understandable because you first of all had the club experience in New York. You went to Vitaly's party before. You were in the swinger scene for a couple of years, right? Me, on the other hand, 
totally different, right? Um, not experienced in parties, really. Um, had an open relationship, but I never wanted to know, you know, what my girl is doing. And came into this just as a total like, all right, let's let's just totally submitting to the chaos. Um, and was already I was already shocked. I wasn't even there yet. I was still on a flight. And it was like girls already cuddling up to me. You know, I was like grabbing their boobs in the plane around other people. I was like, Oh, you just, were on the flight with it. the girls. I, I was on the flight with the girls. Yeah. That's cheating. It was, already, <laughs> <laughs> it was already cuddling me. I was like, she didn't speak a single word with me. And, you know, and instantly, because I, I for sure still, because I don't know, would you describe yourself as a nice guy or in the, in the past, like before you oh, got big all into time? This? I was a raging yeah. nice guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, me like, too. Right. And and the, the way I define nice guy, um, in it, it's a little bit different maybe than than I think the mainstream. But what I say is you're embarrassed about your attraction towards women. You're yeah. embarrassed that that like you don't want people to you don't want women to know that you like them because you're right. like right yeah so that Bobby was likes and like probably from shit like that right exactly um so yeah it took me many many years to kind of kill my inner nice guy which you can never fully kill like he, he keeps yeah. popping back up but for sure that's well for me know, that it was, was all like, the work yeah uh getting attached to girls just way too quickly right as we said before right. like every fucking guy does i have a, i have a big ego i'm i'm definitely on the jealousy scale still high and uh, you know it's obviously got much better for the experiences but i'm still like a proud guy with a big ego and you know like so instantly girls snugging up to me on the plane i'm like i like that one and then the, this is a chick that you mentioned you know I, I remember she was already super nice at the airport and then we arrived we went <laughs> this is this craziest story which set the whole thing in motion and made me realize oh this is different was you know, the vibe's great. I'm, I'm nice with Agata. We, I'm like, hey, do you want to go snorkel? It was beautiful, blue as water, you know. Uh, we put on our, our fins, we swim, and I'm like fingering her underwater. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm in this paradise. I'm in the most beautiful place in the world. I'm with this insanely hot girl. She's perfect. The sun is shining. We have like alcohol on the thing. I'm fingering her. She loves me. This is great. I'm going back i'm laying in the sun i'm like you know at the, at the front of this boat and i suddenly hear a girl moan like that's like 10 minutes after i came out of the water and i'm like what i know that voice that's agatha why is she mo <gasps> and i was like my 10 out of 10 mood went to like a zero out of 10 and it was like you banging her like 10, well, i don't know whatever you did 10 meters behind me i'm like holy shit what a crazy thing like she it's everything goes right he's right oh funny well and, yeah i to, to interject for a second i remember yes. i didn't even know who was who right so we we, <laughs> we we got off so we're we're on the big boat right and the other guys hadn't arrived yet i got i was there first because i flew from la and then you arrived with the girls in vitali but like liam right. fear all those other guys were coming like later so while we were oh, waiting right. for them, we took the the scuba boat, which was, yeah. you know, like a still a big boat, like 40 footer or something that like a scuba diving boat. Right. We took that out and we were just like swimming in the ocean and, and sunbathing on it. And at that at that point, there was, you know, it was just basically me and you and Vitaly and 20 chicks on this boat. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like doing my best not to be like overly kind of thirsty and sexual with the girls i i knew one of them from vitaly's birthday which was um uh the hungarian girl zita uh, zita. zita zita of course so yeah i, I had known zita uh, and then for whatever reason i just remember like we're we're on this like inflatable raft thing and one of the girls and she was just like looking at me like just <laughs> giving me like the biggest fucking eyes ever so i just start making out with her and then like i just start fingering her on the raft in front of like everyone because this was like something that was kind of going down at the at the party in ukraine prior right, right? so for me that was normal whereas in the right. past before that party that wasn't normal right, right. and because of the, my sex party background and all the crazy shit i've done like it was like 
that was I was trying to set the mood by making it like a free place for that. Exactly. To so I'm Which like, well, amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I start figuring her. I didn't know that you were making out with her like five. Well, it doesn't before. even matter. Like that's the whole right. And for me, it's like, oh shit. Like for me, I was like, that's different. And then it's like, and then all those amazing like thoughts came into my mind of like, why does it matter? You know, I met this girl two hours ago. Why am I attached? What is it about my ego? Like I literally went on a spiritual journey for the next seven days. I mean, you know, I wasn't meditating in my room all day. It was literally like it is fucking weird, but. I've done a Vipassana retreat like two years prior to that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds crazy, but you know, there's 10 day meditation silence retreat where you meditate many hours a day and you don't talk. And the emotional experience was very similar to the seven days in the Maldives. Really? In the sense of questioning myself, questioning my ego, you know, discovering new sides about me. Um, learning about attachment and stuff like that. So that was super interesting for me. And I guess what got me so hooked to the lifestyle and why I wanted to do more of it. I had, I, I never did the Vipassana or, or anything like that, but I found that I learned more about myself through, um, you know, building my social skills and facing rejection and dealing yeah. with women like it was, a, it was a journey of self-discovery for me. For sure. It was just the route I took. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was, you know, like I started the journey when I was like 22 or 23, when I, when I first read the game and I was like, holy shit, I didn't know you could get better at this thing. I didn't realize it yeah. was actually like a skill you could build. And at the yeah, time no, I was, nobody teaches you, right. You're like, all right, this is me. This is right. the cards I'm dealt. Like that is the, sh the most shocking part of the day game is you can change your life. Exactly. Basically. And, and it instantly for me, I was like, I'm not going to focus on being a professional golfer anymore. I want to be like a fucking master when it comes to women, because yeah. that sounds like a much better lifestyle than, you know, ch chasing a golf ball around a course. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, but it became my, my passion figuring this stuff out, but it really was a journey of self-discovery. Um, and, and this arena, what we were in was like the, the major leagues of, of that, right? Like you're in an environment with all these insanely beautiful women, uh, that trigger you in every way, shape or form. You're around other guys, all, right? Their DMS are full. Every guy within two minutes pulls out his phone, shows them her, his house in Miami and how he's flying private jet. And they're like, yeah, cool. Um, right. Yeah. So that's, that's when, when Vitaly was like, you want to come on a yacht? I was like, I, I remember when I was like traveling around Europe in 2012, you know, I was like 29 years old. I remember like going to, you know, like the Italian Riviera and seeing all the yachts. And I was like, who the fuck has these? Yeah. Like, what do people do on these yachts? Like, yeah. and then, and, and that, that like, I was like, I'll, I'll never afford one of these yachts. I don't know if I'll ever party on one of them. I don't even know. Like, it was just like this world weird alternative universe to me that seemed like unattainable. And then when Vitaly is like, you want to come on a yacht? I was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, it's the secret of action. I, I, uh, I conjured it up. <laughs> I yeah. manifested, man. It was on my vision board. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's like, you know, when the pieces come together and you make the, make the right social connections, those experiences do show up, you know, when just by going yeah. through this, this process. I hope you guys enjoyed part one of this three-part interview series with Alex Leon of Tilted, and be sure to tune in to the next episode where we continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.